It is 7.05 and welcome to Wednesday night here at the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You want to drop us an email, help at employmenthour.com and also the severance pay calculator, which we'll get to very shortly. But we always start out, Lior, with the week that was, some cases that have come by your office you've been working on and some lessons learned as well. Thank you, John. And it really actually was a, quite a, a busy week indeed mm-hmm. so far. And uh, obviously, this is the Employment Hour. We are here to talk about employment law, workplace rights, severance, uh, concerns about your job. Probably the most common question that I get, John, starts with the word, can my employer do blank? Right. Right. I get those questions all the time, every single day. Uh, and I encourage everyone to give us a call here between uh, 7 and 8 o'clock tonight. Let's talk about it and answer your questions. So let me tell you, John, about two situations, two matters that actually resolved this week. Uh, they started uh, some weeks ago, but it resolved this week. The first matter really uh, made me feel very, very bad for the individual. Uh, so this, this gentleman is very, very nice, uh, older man, uh, sweet, sweet guy, uh, unfortunately got diagnosed with uh, throat cancer. And uh, once he got diagnosed, he came into work and told his employer that, even showed him the letter from his doctor, and said, I'm going to be undergoing some treatment uh, starting in, uh, in about, a, about a week or, or two. So I'm going to need time off. I'm going right. to be off probably for hopefully for you know, three or four months. And if everything goes well, I'll be able to come back to work. And he went back to his, off, uh, to, to his office to do work. And uh, was called into a meeting later that same day. And guess what, John? Terminated yep. on the spot. And they said, well, uh, we, uh, we, we actually just don't think we're going to be busy, so we're not going to need you, so we're letting you go. Of course, it's unrelated to your cancer. Well, give me a break, of course. Mm-hmm. It's clearly related to his diagnosis. So this was an awful situation for a good guy that worked for the company for a long time that didn't deserve it. He called me, as you can imagine, uh, very, very, uh, very upset. And we resolved this matter. Not only did they, of course, have to pay him significant amount of severance, and, and I am talking significant, There was also a hefty human rights component to this matter. It was so illegal what they did, John, and I really want our listeners to be aware of that, employers and employees. You can't do that. You can't let someone go because they're sick. It's absolutely impossible. Uh, Even if they're going to be away for a while, and I understand as an employer, yes, that may be difficult for you. You're going to have to figure things out, but you can't let someone go. Uh, so, you know, this was a really, really uh, difficult situation for this guy. And then a lot of our listeners may find themselves, may, hopefully not with cancer, but with other medical conditions, they may require them to take time off work. And the lesson here is for you, for all the employees out there and the employers, you are not allowed to be terminated. You mm-hmm. cannot be let go uh, because you're sick, because you're going to be taking time off work. Our human rights legislation prevents that. And if that happens to you, man, you have some serious recourse. Give us, uh, give us another one. What's going on? Second matter, John, involved, again, a matter that resolved this week. Uh, a truck driver worked for a company for three years, and one time backing into uh, to, to do his load, uh, hit a, a, a column and damaged the column. Uh, you know, clearly he, it was his mistake. He wasn't paying, paying careful attention and uh, was let go right on the spot. Company said, cause. We're letting you go for cause because you damaged this column. You screwed up. Your fault. Too bad for you. You're out of here. Well, then the question became when he called me, is that cause? And he had a clean record, never had an accident before. Yes, he screwed up, no question. And what I told him, no, it's absolutely not cause. 
causes are very difficult to establish. It doesn't matter that, yes, you did something wrong. Clearly, it was you. You made the mistake here. It does not rise to the level of cause. It was not bad enough. You, you had a clean record. Uh, you, you, you didn't do this on purpose. There's no reason to think that from now on you're going to be hitting every column that you see. So that employer jumped the gun. What they should have done is they should have written him up, maybe given him a warning, and given him a chance to prove that he's now, in fact, a safe driver and this is a one-off. So this was a wrongful dismissal. We resolved it this week. We got him his full severance right around five or six months pay, five and a half months pay. Nice. He worked there for three years. And uh, the lesson there, of course, again, cause very, very difficult to establish. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, James on the line. Hey, James, good evening. How are we doing today? Good, pal. You're opening call. What's uh, what's going on? What's the concern? Um, we, our company's been through multiple mergers and name changes, and now they're doing a spinoff and they're changing the name again. And we're getting uh, uh, letters of uh, job offers um, shortly. And we've been told if we don't sign these that it's considered a, uh, uh, a dismissal. So, so here's the thing, James. Uh, can they let you go because you didn't sign? Well, yeah, because an employer can let you go for any reason. They can let you go because it's Wednesday and they want to. But, oh, yeah. James, they have to pay you full severance. So they yeah. cannot say that, well, this is misconduct, so we're going to let you go for cause. Now, if they want to pay you your full severance, that's up to them. The thing is this, you may not want to sign this. I, I, obviously, I haven't seen the document, so I can't tell you if it's problematic or not. But I can say this, James, there's only one reason in this world where your employer is going to want you to sign a new employment agreement, yep. and that is because that document is better for them. It provides a better arrangement, better deal for them. And one of the things it may do is it may limit your future severance. So you may sign this document and not realizing that by signing it, you've given up future severance. It could cost you at some point tens of thousands of dollars. So if you're going to lose your job, you're probably better losing your job not having signed that document. My best advice, James, let me see that document. Contact me off here. Let me read it, and I can tell you whether you should be concerned about it. Because if I'm wrong and you shouldn't be concerned about it, may as well just sign it and forget about it. I doubt that is the case. Uh, does that make sense, James? Oh, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. As I said, we've gone through several uh, mergers, and now they're doing spinoffs and stuff. So this, is, this has actually happened kind of before in the past with name changes. Right. Mergers, right? So I was just it never really heard that, well, if you don't sign it, that's it. It's considered a, uh, uh, a dismissal, right? So, listen, if they, if they decide if you're not signing it, we're going to let you go. Well, they can do that, but they have to pay full severance. You want to yeah. know how much that is, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, they could do that, and, you know, if they want to pay that, and, and that's fine. that They can do it, but they cannot let you go for cause under any circumstances. James, in the meantime, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is Lior's number. You have any more issues in the near future? Uh, please give them a call. We'll take our first and short break here in the Employment Hour. You'll want to get on the line. We have open ones. That one, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. The Employment Hour just getting revved up on a Wednesday night right here at Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 716 here Wednesday, the Employment Hour. Also on Monday nights at 7 o'clock as well. If you didn't tune in earlier this week to get your questions answered, you can answer them or at least ask them right now. We'll try to... Or let me put a finer point on I'm not answering nothing. Lior's going to answer everything. That's why he's here. The man with the knowledge, the big brain. Got uh, Matt here. Hi, Matt. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. What's your, uh, what's your question for Lior? So 
I worked for a guy about a year and a half ago. Uh, I had to quit because he uh, wasn't paying me in full. Uh, I went to the Ministry of Labor. They did their uh, investigation, and they uh, they found that he's totally at fault, and they're I'm I'm totally correct with my claim, but they right. have not been able to contact him at all. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, to be honest with you, uh, Matt, they're kind of useless at the Ministry of Labor. Is the business still operating? <laughs> Um, yes, because I've actually looked for him on the internet and I've, uh, called him from a different phone and yep. pretended I'm looking for work. And he said, Oh, absolutely. Come meet me at this place. What, what kind of a business? What, what does the business do? Uh, general contracting. Got it. So, so here's the thing. Um, you know, what you need to do in that situation, uh, the ministry of labor, you know, we've talked about this on the show, not only is what they can award you limited, they actually have no teeth in actually enforcing their own awards. So the only way to, to enforce something against someone that is trying to avoid it is by way of legal action. So remember, not only are you owed the money that he didn't pay you, because you quit when he wasn't paying you, that's actually a constructive dismissal. It's as if he let you go. So well, you, know, you don't have to continue. Go ahead. At that point, I, I didn't really quit. I uh, I said to him, or he said to me, why don't you come on time anymore? And I said, well, you don't pay me on time. I don't come on time. Right. And uh, he fired me. Well, then you're owed severance, yeah. Matt. So, uh, you know, you, you're potentially owed uh, severance. You said you've worked there for a few months. How old are you, Matt, or how old were you then? I was uh, 24 at the time. And, and uh, general contracting. So you, you probably are owed three, four weeks pay, and the only way to, to get the payment that's owed to you is by way of, of legal action, probably in this case a small claims, which would be for the money that he owes you as, as well as for that three to four week severance that he owes you. Give me a call. I'll connect you to the paralegal that works at my firm. She'll be able to help you get that compensation. Once we do that, he can't escape. He can't run and hide. You'll have to comply with it. Unfortunately, the Ministry of Labor just doesn't have any teeth in these situations. So give me a call and I'll connect you with Leanna Paralegal. She'll take care of it. Matt, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. So uh, yeah, I mean, just moments ago there, you just kind of thought for a second, okay, you're probably due about three or four months uh, compensation for that. You did that in your head because you know it so well, but for people who don't and maybe are wondering what they would be owed if they've been working for three years or 33 years, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. How does that little beauty work? Well, exactly. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I don't need the severance calculator because I've been doing this for 15 years. So if you tell me how long you've worked, your age and your position, I can tell you exactly how much severance you're owed. So I wanted to make this information available to people that haven't been practicing employment law for 15 years. That's why I created the severance calculator. It's free. It's available online at severancepaycalculator.com. Again, the address is severancepaycalculator.com. And it's the, as the name suggests, it's a tool that's designed to tell you how much you're owed if you lost your job. If you're worried about losing your job, maybe you're going to lose it in the future. You need to know, you have to know how much you're owed. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You just pick it from a drop-down menu. It takes 15, 20 seconds, and that's it. You're done. It tells you how much you're owed. Now you know. Now you're armed with that information, and if you're not offered what the severance uh, calculator says, you know there's a problem, you know you're owed more, you can contact me if you want, 
It's completely anonymous. It's completely free, very easy to use. There's no strings attached at all. It's simply there as an information tool, severancepaycalculator.com. Make it the very, very first place you go to if you lost your job. Tell others about it, just as important. Uh, check it out always. It's, it's completely free. And we'll get to more of your calls. we got lines open. You want to drop us something? You have a question, a query, throw it on us, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And we will continue with our chat about things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but Lior will. 725 Wednesday evening. A reminder, we're here on Monday nights as well at 7 o'clock. Please join us this last week. We had uh, David Vaughn from the firm in, which was uh, pretty cool. Got lambasted with calls. We're breaking them in nice and gentle. But uh, as always, your phone calls get first crack here on the show. Got to Abdi in Toronto. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm good. What's uh, what's your concern? Go ahead. So, uh, my question is, uh, we have uh, basically two departments. Uh, and one of the departments is the sales department that continues to on a daily basis, harass like everybody on the on the other team. Uh, we're talking about constant bullying, belittling, uh, and so on. And management is aware of it. And uh, just wanted to know what would be the proper course of action for for dealing with something like that. Thank you, Abdi. That's uh, absolutely an, an important and, and a good question. Now, you said my, management is aware of it. Did you specific, or did someone specifically talk to the, an HR person, to a, to an owner, to a, a, a senior manager? Senior, senior manager. And and it was anything done at all? Uh, it's basically, you know, let's continue doing what we can to, to help out and, you know, uh, basically don't worry about it, we'll handle it and, and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, everybody on my team basically kind of feels like, uh, you know, that nobody cares. Hmm. Now, is there an HR person at the company? Yeah, there is, yes. So I think uh, the next step would be to formally go through an HR and actually file a formal harassment complaint. Uh, it can be one person. It could be several of you. Uh, the legal obligation, once that's done on the company, is to, to investigate and to take uh, proper measures. They can't say, well, you know, boys will be boys. That's not appropriate. Uh, and they have to investigate. Here's the thing. Uh, Abdi, if you've done that, if you file that complaint and HR still says, ah, we're not going to do anything, we don't care enough, if you can establish this harassment, as you said, the bullying, you and potentially your other colleagues, if you so choose, can treat this as a constructive dismissal. When, once a poisoned work environment is created and the employer refuses to fix that problem, the employee may be able to say, well, wait a second. You've now breached the terms of my employment. I don't have to continue working in an environment like this. I can leave and make you pay me my full severance. Now, that is only something you want to address once you're, uh, uh, you, you've tried to file that complaint with HR. So that would be your very next step. Uh, do you think that's something you can do, Abdi? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think I've already started that process and that, that ball uh, rolling. So uh, I wanted to give them a chance to actually address that piece. Exactly. Uh, so I've got the, 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 the paperwork. So I think I'll, I'll listen to that and then go with that. And if that doesn't work, Abdi, give me a call. If we want to look at a constructive dismissal at some point, let's talk about that. But for now, absolutely go through HR, and hopefully that works. Abdi, it is 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior if things uh, continue. In that manner, Christopher, how are you, pal? Very good. How about yourself? Uh, we're, uh, we're hanging in there for a Wednesday evening. Uh, what's your concern? Um, well, I work for a restaurant chain. And uh, there is no HR person directly at the restaurant that I can speak with in regards to uh, harassment. Um, the harassment kind of stems off into uh, touching a little bit on, on of uh, the human rights code, uh, viola violating the human rights code. Um, but I'm worried about reprisal 
in in terms of if I make a complaint, they'll just let me go. I haven't really been at the restaurant for very long, so I, I don't know uh, what what the correct approach would be in terms of because it's more of I, I think in my opinion he said she said, and I don't know how to right. formally go about doing something like this. Now, Christopher, who is some who is the person that's harassing you? Is it a boss? Is it a coworker? Who is it? Uh, it's um, well, I'm the host. So as the yes. patrons come into the restaurant, I, you know, I, I show them their seat. So the person above me is the, the manager, the, the floor manager. So, so that's the person that's harassing you. That's the floor manager. Yeah. Yes. And, and who's above them at the restaurant? Well, the restaurant manager would be above them. Okay. So, and so here's the thing. I mean, I completely understand, Christopher, the, the reluctance to to uh, formally deal with it. You're afraid for your job, but but the problem is that if you don't address it, you know, you, you can you can quit if you want, of course, but you have to give your employer an opportunity to fix the problem. Once you've done that, I, I think you should, and I think you should, and, and and even do that in writing so there's a record, so they can't say, hey, you never told us. Once you've done that, you've spoken to them about the harassment, they have a strict legal obligation to investigate, to interview people, and take measures to deal with it. They cannot fire, even if, and by the way, even if they find out that you weren't harassed for whatever reason, they can't fire you for filing a harassment complaint. That would be a reprisal. In other words, it's illegal. If there's human rights issues there, it would be a violation of the human rights code. So that would be completely illegal, which means there would be consequences for them doing that, monetary consequences. The law is actually quite good when it comes to these things, so I wouldn't be worried about it. I think you should absolutely, because I know it's uncomfortable to continue going to work every day when you're being harassed. I would speak with the restaurant manager, put that in writing, turn the, the tables on them. Now, if they still don't do anything about it, as I said to the previous caller, that could be a constructive dismissal and a human rights issue potentially, and that, that's when we would need to speak off air and, and deal with it appropriately. For now, speak to the restaurant manager, uh, with the confidence that you are protected here. If something happens that shouldn't, if they don't treat you properly, if they want to let you go, if they don't investigate or take any measures, give me a call right away. So we're going to uh, take a short break. Laura, hang on the line. We will get to you. The number, by the way, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the employment hour. Information you need to know is coming right up. Yeah, 734 Wednesday evening. Always get to the phone calls. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell. Got uh, Laura. Laura, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? Hi, I'm okay. Thank you. A little nervous. <laughs> no, no worries. Go ahead. Leor's there. Uh, sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Leor's listening. Okay. So. Wah, wah. No, she's still there. Laura. She's gone. She's gone. She's well, gone. I'm still there. Oh, there you are. I thought you were still there. Sorry, I was trying <laughs> to take you off speakerphone. Okay. And I ended up like losing you all together. Okay. I told you I was nervous. Sorry. And we're back. Go ahead, Laura. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. Okay. So basically what happened is um, I had an incident involving one of my bosses back in the February, March area. And I was checking online. Like, obviously I can't leave work without a position to go to because I can't afford to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out that there's only a six month period that you can actually report something like this but there's been like different things happening since then so i was wondering if i was to bring like a labor board complaint addressing the issues that have sorry happened since then would i still be able to mention the initial um occasion or no 
So first of all, uh, uh, Laura, th this actually has nothing to do with the labor board. The labor board doesn't deal with, with instances of, of harassment in that sense, well, at least not in, in any effective way. So your remedy here is not the labor board. Your remedy here, it, it, first of all, if you want to report it outside of your employer, uh, then your, your remedy is by way of a constructive dismissal, potentially by way of uh, a human rights matter, if it's a human rights matter, but not by way of the labor board at all. Oh, now, is this is, something that you've tried to resolve happened? internally okay. with your employer? Uh, uh, like it was my employer that did it. Oh, it is the employer that did it. And is there a record of this? Is, would it be possible to prove what's actually happened? I actually took, I documented when it right. happened. And there was another lady uh, or two that were involved, and they documented it as well. The, the problem that you're going to have, like, Laura, is, is this, because the remedy here is potentially a constructive dismissal. Because this happened, whatever, eight months, nine months, whatever it is ago, yeah. because it, and you continued working, the law is going to say, well, wait a second, it wasn't that bad if it happened and you're still there, right? We can't say that by treating you so badly, they've constructively dismissed you, they violated your rights if you continued working. So that is my concern. It has nothing to do with six-month limitation period. That Don't worry about that at all. Mm -hmm. It has to do with, with the practicality of you continuing to work there. So here's what you need to do. And, and trust me when I say the labor board here would be an absolute complete waste of time. Okay. There's nothing they could do for you. Is you give me a call off here. Let me find out exactly what happened. Let me see if there's still a way to deal with this, despite the fact that you'd continued working all these months. Uh -huh. uh, I, I don't know yet if there would be or wouldn't be, but that's your only recourse. It's not about the six months. It's about continuing to work there. And, and like I said, the labor board is, is a, is a non-starter. There's literally nothing they could do for you here. Okay. Okay. okay, so um, do I just take, call the number that they've given over the radio for you then? Yeah, exactly. John, why don't you give Laura the number again, and I look forward to speaking to you, Laura. Yeah, Laura, that number again, 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Tina, you're, uh, you're next up. Good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, excellent. How are you? What's your concern? Okay, so I have a question. It's not related to me, um, but for a friend that's at my current um, workplace. So she's um, an external source that's been contracted in. She's a physiotherapist assistant. She was working for a company that brought her into my company. Now, my company has terminated the employment with her company, so she's no longer working with them. But in the midst of that, they've allowed them to transition over to be working with the physiotherapist. So now they work for the physiotherapist. Um, that's in our building as directly, um, yeah, directly. But when their um, employment was terminated with their external source employer, didn't receive any severance or anything. It was just okay. They're now working for the physiotherapist, and their wages has been decreased. And oh, I see. Um, the other issue is, is the fact of they have to keep reminding and also like pretty much begging to get paid every two weeks when it's kind of, it comes time for them to get paid. Okay. So, so let's deal, deal with the first issue, which is the, the, the termination with the other company. So mm -hmm. she was, th th this colleague was contracted through another company. The relationship with that other company ended, and, and the colleague ended up working for, for your employer directly instead of through yeah. the third party. So the here's the, the way. terminated their agreement with right. her company. Yeah. So here's how that works. Ultimately, uh, if your, your friend or your co-worker uh, co did not get a job with the company that you work for, now mm -hmm. would be a termination and she would be owed severance. Because she's essentially continued working just now directly, the law actually is going to deem her employment as being continuous. 
So okay. if tomorrow, as an example, her employment is terminated, then her service will very likely include the time that she spent with the other company. So okay. the law really is not going to, even though formally her employment was terminated because she continued, the law is going to just deem it to be continuous. So okay. in, in that situation, she's still employed. Her employment in the eyes of the law would not have started on the day she started working with a physiotherapist. It would have started when she started working with the other company. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. uh, with respect to the second question is she's having a hard time getting paid. Well, mm-hmm. that that is a serious thing. I mean, the very basic thing about a job is I come to work, you pay me. It's as simple yeah. as that. If that's not something that they do regularly, it's hard to get paid, that is absolutely something that, that your, your coworker can treat as a constructive dismissal, not even a question about it. So okay. if she says, you know, I've had enough, I can't take this anymore, then she can uh, treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave and get severance. And again, the severance would include or cover also the time that she spent with the previous company. If that okay. is something that she wants to do, I don't want her quitting before she mm-hmm. speaks to me, okay? okay. Very, very important. Have her okay. give me a call. But that would be the remedy in that situation, to treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave and get severance. And we'll take a a short break there. Hang on the line. We will get to you for those with open lines. They're ready for you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour rolls on here on Talk Radio AM 640. 745, you got some open lines you want to get through. We'd love to to talk to you this evening. Khalid, thanks for for hanging in there. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. All right. So I work at a gym and I, I get paid salary and commission. And when I work statutory holiday, I don't get any, any premium rate or any extra. And I asked, uh, why am I not getting paid um, extra for that? And they said that I, they only pay to people who work hourly and not salary. Yeah, no, that, that's that's nonsense, uh, Kali. Uh, and I, I've heard that before, or, or employers trying to use that as an excuse. That That's wrong. That, that's completely not something they could do. You, you get, if you qualify because you worked the time that you needed to work over the holidays, then you get that, that the holiday pay. So here's what you need to do. I mean, there's really only one option here uh, if you want to get that compensation. For this, uh, unlike other things we talked about on the show, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor is there to help you enforce those entitlements. You would have to file a complaint that they're not paying. The Ministry of Labor is going to then order them to pay it, and they'll have to pay it. So for that, yes, unlike other things that we talked about on the show, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, wrongful dismissal, constructive dismissal, for this you can go to the Ministry of Labor, and, and definitely I think you should do that. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I have a second part to that mm-hmm. question. Um, so when I first started, we signed a contract stating how much I would get paid on a salary basis, uh, but lately they had a trial period where they say that they're going to reduce the salary to $500 by $500 just by a warning, um, an email. Is that uh, okay to do rather than um, saying, hey, let's renegotiate the, the contract we signed when you first started? Is that okay so- that they could just... No, it's not okay. They're not actually legally allowed to change compensation in any significant way. But that means that there's no way to stop them. The only thing you could do in that situation is treat your employment as being constructively dismissed. It's, it's as if you've been terminated and get severance. So your options are you can accept a reduction or treat your employment as being terminated and get severance. If that's something you're considering, Kali, give me a call. I don't want you to, uh, to, to quit or do anything before you and I have spoken. Uh, but no, they're not allowed to change your pay in that way. Clearly, that number is uh, 1-855-821-5900. 
And uh, got Mark uh, on the line now. Good evening, Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. How are you? We are excellent. You got a question for Leor? Who's there? Yeah, me and uh, some of the guys were hanging out at the Tobacco Bar here, having our brew, listening to you guys. Uh, we got one question, Leor, and you do excellent work for employees. I know that, but for the last little while, we've been listening to when people have had problems in the workplace, and you are basically saying that you know the best you can do is. Uh, suggest a constructive dismissal. Now, if the manager is the only person in that whole building that's causing such headaches for everybody or just for that one person, and yet that person who's working there gets along with everybody else, could there not be a way where instead of that person having to say, okay, I'm just going to take a constructive dismissal and leave, can the tables not be turned on that actual manager to have him removed? Do you have, uh, we wondered if you have colleagues who would specialize in this situation. Because well, here's the thing, Mark. I mean, what I always say is the first thing you want to do is try to resolve it internally. So if there's a right. person that's, that, that's, that's the jerk, let's say that, right? Right, right. Then that person uh, the, you know, should be in trouble. But the way to get them in trouble is to speak with the boss, the HR, et cetera, the owner, tell them what's happened. And at that point, it's on them to do the right thing. Where right. it becomes a constructive dismissal is if they're not doing the right thing. So they're not uh, getting that, that jerk in trouble or letting them go or giving them training or what have you. At right. that point, what are you going to do, right? You can't take a gun and shoot them. You can't uh, take a baseball bat to them, right? So right. the only thing you can do at that point is pursue it as a constructive dismissal. So you can't fire them legally. The employer has to do that. And if they're not doing that, if they're not fixing the problem, what are you going to do? You have to remove yourself from the workplace and treat that as a constructive dismissal. But I always say you want to try to resolve it internally, if at all possible. We'll get to one more before a uh, short break. Pat, you're, uh, you're on the line. Hi, Pat. How are you? Good. Doing good. Uh, good. Thanks very much. I mean, I've been calling you guys a lot lately, but I got the question here regarding severance and unemployment insurance. Yep. When you get your severance, let's say you get 24 months severance, how do you use that up in regards to unemployment insurance? Because they have a, a percentage that they give you of your pay, and it works out to so many weeks. And if you get 24 months, like, how does that work out into unemployment insurance? And sure. if, if you use it up, let's say, faster than that percentage that they use, like, how does that work? It's actually quite simple, Pat. Uh, you can't have severance and EI for the same period of time. So what does that mean? That means if the company paid you 24 months severance, so two-year severance, then you're not going to get EI for two years. Once two years are up, if you still haven't found another job, you can get EI. But you cannot get severance and EI for the same period of time. If it's six months, then you can get the EI for six months. If it's 12 months, etc. Now, so that is exactly how it works. It's not about a percentage. It's simply a period of time. The employer is going to have to put in a record of employment or you're going to, or you're going to have to report to EI how many weeks or months pay. Uh, EI is going to verify that. And if, yes, if it is, in fact, 24 months, then for that period of time, no EI, and, and you can only start collecting after. Okay, I see. All right, thanks very much again. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Pat. Pat so it's consecutively, not concurrently. Basically, the That's way right. Works, you right? can't have yeah. it for the same period of time. You can't, you know, double dip in that sense. Gotcha. We'll take out more of your phone calls. Got some lines open. Got uh, a little under 10 minutes left. So give them now if you're going to give them 416-870-6400, star 640 on Sell the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640. 754, a few minutes left to go here. Get the phone calls as quickly as we can. Charlene, good evening. Hi, good evening. Go ahead, Charlene. 
Hi, I'm a school bus driver, and I have an AM route and a PM route. Um, I do not get paid for the deadhead time that I travel to and from the pickup back to my parking location, nor do I get paid for services. So sometimes those services, when, you know, your bus breaks down or you need to bring it in, you can wait up to two hours, and they're not paying for that. I just want to know if that's legal or not. No, yeah, no. The, the answer is simple, but then it gets a bit more more complicated. The answer is simple because no, they can't do that legally. That that's not something they're allowed to do. Where it gets more interesting is, well, what do we do about it? Here's what I mean by that. I mean, you can and and maybe even should go to the Ministry of Labor with respect to these issues, so they can tell them to to stop doing this. You may be concerned about doing that because you know that may damage the the relationship that you have with the company. So you may want to think about the practicalities of doing that, but they can't do that. They shouldn't be doing that. They have to pay you for that time because you're on the clock. You're not there having fun on your own time. It's work that you do for them. So they should be paying for that. For this, I would recommend you contact the Ministry of Labor, uh, and uh, by all means, you should do that, and they will be able to help you in that case. Okay. Okay, Charlene, appreciate the call. Steve, uh, how are you? Good to Steve here. Hey, Steve, good evening. How are you? Hello, how are you doing? Good. What's going on? Um, my coworker secretly recorded me and tried to get me fired, and an investigation was done, and it was unsubstantiated. Can I sue that employee now? Now, the recording, was it a recording between you and the coworker or between you and someone else? No, me and someone else. So both of you, you and that someone else, did not know you're being recorded? No, absolutely not. Wow. So that is actually illegal. That's criminal. That's a criminal offense. Uh, You you cannot uh, legally uh, record two people that don't know they're being recorded. Now, if the person that's recording is talking to you, he can record your conversation, even if you don't know about it, but you can't record two people. So, no, you, you, no you, that, that other person was driving, not not right. Not, yeah. So, so I mean, you can file charges here, criminal charges, if you if you so the the, the side uh, is against that person. There's you you probably can also actually take legal action against them because what they did, well. You can only take legal action if it costs you something. In other words, if because of what they did it cost you money, you lost your job, you lost something monetary, you can sue them. Because generally speaking, you can only sue someone for compensation for your losses. Because, as you said, it was unsubstantiated, hopefully you didn't lose anything monetary, there's really nothing to sue them for. But it is criminal. You're not allowed to record two people that don't know they're being recorded. So that that is something if you decide to do, you can uh, press charges. So how, do you, how does one do that? Does one just one call the local police department? Yes, you go to a lo- you, you probably would go in person to the local police department and tell them what happened. They would give you some forms to fill out, uh, and, and that's what you would have to do. And then they would investigate and look into that and decide whether that's something they, they're going to pursue. Tanya, you got the, uh, the last call of the evening. How are you? Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. Um, I'm a veterinarian working in a clinic in uh, Woodbridge. And uh, I'm considered self-employed, so I charge my employer 13% on every invoice based on hourly rate. And I was wondering if I'm considered an employee there, if I'm no longer, if I'm actually not working anywhere else. And do you work full-time hours, Tanya? I, I work about 38 hours a week. Yeah, that's definitely full-time. So you're very, very likely to be considered an employee. This is a very common situation where you're being mischaracterized, so to speak, 
as an independent contractor, where in the eyes of the law, you're an employee. So because of that, yes, if, if something were to happen, if you were to be let go for whatever reason, then you would be entitled to severance as an employee. Now, keep in mind, your employer may not believe that or may not all, uh, initially pay you severance. So we may need to push on that. But yeah, legally, you would be considered an employee, Tanya, and you would be owed severance. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tanya, you are, uh, you're welcome. That'll do it for another night, my friend. Back here in the weekend, and a reminder, this show goes live uh, Mondays and Wednesday nights here at 7 o'clock at AM 640. Till next time, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email Lior, simple, help at employmenthour.com. And you haven't used this nifty tool, have it in your arsenal. That is severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you're really owed. Until next time, it's been the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.